and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. You can find our weekly property show live every Sunday on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters TV in YouTube or Facebook. Whenever or wherever you're enjoying the show, please get involved by adding your comments in the comment sections below. And if you'd like to email us, the address is hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast every Monday at 10am following the Sunday show, and you can get it on our website or from any of the main uh, podcast providers. So, Joe, the big news, of course, in property this week that everyone's talking about is the fact that next week is our 100th show. The 11th of September will be our 100th show. We're going to plan something special for that. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's um, it's frightening to even think that um, we've done 11, uh, 100 shows over this uh, this period. Um, but, um, you know, we like to be in people's living room on a Sunday morning and uh, share the world of property with them. And hopefully they enjoy having us as their special guests at about 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. Nothing more annoying than having Joe, Joshy and Paul turning up in the living room on a, on a Sunday morning. Can you imagine? And then 100 episodes. It makes me wonder, actually, in that uh, 100 episodes, how many hours of wisdom you have dispensed, Joe? scary to think that way no it's been a pleasure really and uh, it, it, it's um it's quite quite interesting we set this whole thing out uh with, with the idea of sharing not just the wisdom but just basic everyday common ordinary conversation knowledge about a subject that is really loved by everybody in the nation to the best of my knowledge everybody talks about property it's one of the top subject it's what everybody's aspiration is and it's been a privilege and yeah I mean it's, it's amazing to think that we've done you know nearly a hundred episodes um, and uh, long may it continue of course we welcome our listeners and viewers support uh, and would always uh, be encouraged by the feedback that we get from you because um, uh, uh, as somebody says uh, I remember listening to a, an artist and he says the oxygen in the room is the applause and so if you get lots and lots of applause you always want to do more and you want to so if you're on a stage people say you know come back again because they've done a good job or but basically don't come back again let the curtain go down because you've done a bad job so we can only be applauded through um your your words of kindness through our uh, reviews etc and that will be our encouragement perhaps for the next 100 episodes. Indeed, and you can, of course, get a review in place on our website, www.propertymatterstv.co.uk. If you go onto the homepage there, you can leave a Google review, which we would love you to do for us. Well, we've got to get the 99th episode out and uh, delivered to people, Joe, so let's move straight into today's stories. And do you know what? We're going to start with something that I can't believe we haven't actually done before, and that's talk about one of the biggest things in property, and that's cowboy builders. Um, Just to give you some background on this, this is new research uh, of analysis from the Citizens Advice Bureau. Homeowner complaints about cowboy builders rose uh, by 31% between 2020 and 2021, and they're on track to maintain a similar level this year. So a total 
of 43,359 people in England were scammed by cowboy builders in 2021 who, and, and made an official complaint about it. Whilst it's estimated this number will fall to just 42,000 this year. And the south of England where we are is plagued by cowboy builders. South of England hit the hit hardest by road builders with uh, 2,298 complaints made in 2022, just so far this year. The region also had the most complaints in 2019, 5,700, and 2020, 5,300, with most complaints today in 2020 relating to window frames and doors, interestingly. In the northeast, they only have 749 complaints, and they're the most honest and most trustworthy tradespeople in the country so far in 2022. So, uh, I can't believe we've not covered cowboy builders before, Joe, but it's uh, it's an important and a very painful subject for some. Well, that's because they haven't tried the Indians, I suppose. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that door was wide, left wide open there, Paul. I'm sorry about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Having cowboy builders that left the Indians to go in there and go, and being an Indian, of course, I had to sort of uh, jump on that point. But... Uh, Yes, it, it's it's actually um, uh, remiss of us to actually not cover a subject that I know is um, close to many people's hearts. And uh, if I haven't heard a story about a um, dodgy builder from one person, I haven't heard it from a million people. It's it's always the case. And and I suppose over the the last two years, three years, it became probably highlighted because we were home um, and there were one trade that was fundamentally still able to work if you look back at even the property market side was the property people so building never stopped as such so they were still available to come out and carry on doing the extensions and so forth and, and because that was uh, outdoor work doing extensions and, and building work and so forth or in a remote room it meant that under the pandemic rules they were still probably able to carry on doing and because it was the kind of work that, you know, it would be, could be, should be builder uh, who probably was just a DIY guy or, or um, someone just looks up the, you know, had decided that they were going to become the builders. And so many people that moved uh, during that period um, also thought, well, we, we need this thing to change. We need this updoing, a new boiler, a new central heating system, um, updating of the wires, etc. All of those things brought in all sorts of builders and developers. The interesting thing is, I had a recent conversation as, as the last couple of days almost, when somebody was trying to say to me about, you know, um, builders and, and how do they sort of progress the work. And what's happened is things like checker trade and all these other new governing bodies have come into light over the last five, six years. Um, and people start to believe that the ones that are registered and been vetted and, and, and dealt with by such operations and organizations um, are now trustworthy and, and right people. Um, and sad to say that, you know, it's a basic qualification um, in order to join a group, a membership group, theoretically, that then is saying, this guy has been recommended and trusted and we go by reviews. We ask for reviews ourselves. Um, and people ask for reviews, and some reviews are, are good, honest reviews, and some people are just friends who have actually given reviews. And so that gives a little bit of um, uncertainty of the quality and the type of person. But because they come from a supposedly recommended site, 
um, and, and trustworthy site, people give them that time of the day and say, well, that's, that's got to be good. They'll also charge a bit more because they are trustworthy, um, and, and, but not do the job. And this is not the first, it's never going to be the last that we're ever going to hear about these situations. It is just human nature of builders and developers. And I'm not saying that's one, that's just general. Some, there's probably out of 10%, 1% that you find that are really good. And, and, and But I always find it's like a good restaurant. If it's full, you know it's a good restaurant. If an Indian chap is eating in an Indian restaurant, you must think it's good because he wouldn't eat in an Indian restaurant. And I, I still think that the, the builder that you can't get a hold of or the plumber and that is actually busy, genuinely busy and you've used for a long time, is probably because he is good. And the one that is readily available at the drop of a hat, you must always take caution because why isn't that person busy in a time when it is almost impossible to find good tradespeople. And if someone then is available, then you need to sort of rethink your own strategy and say, well, yes, I know I'm desperate to have that, you know, whole, whole plugged or do something, but this guy was available at the drop of the hat and then you've got to think about how you're going to deal with that, you know, cost of paying with it, the way you pay it and, and what insurances, if necessary, what indemnities do they have to be able to cover the damage they may or may not cause. And those are good telling ways of finding out what kind of a builder or, or a, 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 an odd job chat that you've actually got. And some people are genuine. I mean, I'm not saying that that's everybody, but unfortunately, the stats that you're talking about don't come without a reason. They come with a reason. And the reason is that that's what happens. Yeah, you have to do your due diligence, don't you, Joe? I mean, uh, we're talking about look, looking up the company on Company's House, if you can, speak to some of the clients that they've worked with in the past, um, uh, make sure you have a, a really good watertight contract and avoid paying too much before the work is completed or even too much up front if they start asking for money at the beginning to cover the materials because the suggestion is that most decent builders will be able to get the job started from their own funds and then you have a structured set of payments that go throughout at agreed times to help fund the build from there on in. Yes, absolutely. The whole, it's the whole process. But like I said, builders, um, like anybody, are, are good at what they do and they will come along and they'll convince you to say, this is what I need to do and if I can't do that, I've got four other jobs, I'll go and do that. And then, you know, you're sort of in a rock and a hard place. Do I give this man his money and tell him to go and buy the bits that he needs and he goes and buys the bits that he needs and then he goes off to another job for two days and says i had to go over there because that leak that's leak started and i had to deal with deal with them you know what, what would you like me to do in your place you're still sitting there you know you've given them the money so it's it's just you know it's it's one of those trades paul that we're never ever going to get satisfaction from but all i can say is in the years that i've been doing the property side you do find the trusted people, the people that you know, you know, if it means that they've got to wait a day or two to come, you'd rather wait for them to come because you know that they've done the job for you before, or they've done a job where you had to use them at someone else's place before, and you'd rather use that person and wait a day or two. Like I said, if somebody is readily available at the drop of a hat for a Maybe a little job, I understand, you know, leaky tap or something like that. You might say, okay, it's a plumber available with a call-out charge, I'm going to do it. People like your diner rods and all these other people that exist, they're all franchise-operated. They're all individuals who buy a franchise. They're not experts. 
at their job. Even I could go and buy a franchise and become, you know, Mr. Diner Rod and whatever it is that they, they tend to do. But it doesn't mean that I know what I'm actually doing. So you just got to be careful that who's coming in to do that job. You believe, you trust those people. Um, and um, I think uh, just due diligence, Paul, is, is the only thing that was ever going to deal with this. Are we ever going to get away from troubles and problems? No. Interesting suggestion here, Joe. Every customer should be looking to leave enough money aside that they would be able to finish the product project with another tradesperson should the original option leave the job unexpectedly. Uh, if there's a breakdown of communication between the homeowner and the tradesperson, then the crucial factor is how much money has been paid by the homeowner. That would make it pretty much uh, very expensive, I would thought, to uh, leave as much money that you need to finish the job again so that it would be with somebody else. Or maybe maybe they're saying perhaps that you need a structured set of payments so that you you know you can you could you don't pay too much into the job before they decide to clear off. Quite scary really, isn't it, if you think of it like that. That you've got to have you employ someone and then you've got to have as much as the same amount saved aside just in case they don't finish your job, you've got to then bring someone else in. That's why I'm suggesting that it's always worth waiting um, for the recommended or someone that you've used before or you trust them in order to be able to do the job. Yes, I think payment structure is very important. Um, but builders and, and, and developers and decorators and all these people are equally sharp and knowing that what they'll do is they'll say, you know, if I don't get this, I'm going to have to go and finish the other man's job because that's where I'm going to get paid. So you're going to be left in limbo. Um, and you might be left in limbo with this unfinished job for the next three, four, five, six weeks. And if you are then booked on a holiday, for example, you then have to think to yourself, well, do I go on holiday or do I stay here and let this man come because he's got, and then he doesn't come and you don't go on holiday and you don't do So it really messes up your whole structure and they're very clever at doing that so that's when you end up paying them because you think okay well let me give them some money to entice them to come and finish my job but unfortunately builders have had this reputation that they'll take a bit here and a bit there and a bit there and probably be down the pub on a friday or a thursday and then think about it at the weekend um that they'll do it. and it's sad that it's the few like every trade every industry is the few that will give the others the bad name and everybody gets tired with the same brush. I'm not saying that everyone's that way, but you know, look at the percentage of complaints that the people are recording. Um, you know, there's no smoke without fire. There's no reason those, those uh, uh, complaints are that high because people have complained about them. And so you've got to think twice about it, but it's, it's heartbreaking to think that you've got to have double the money almost for a job that you almost think to yourself, I'm going to hire someone and if they don't finish, I've got to pay someone else to do it. That's ridiculous. Funny enough, I was actually speaking to a builder, funny enough, down the pub a couple of nights ago and he actually gave me some advice. He said, he said, if it was me, I would be getting five quotes, not three. And that's a builder talking to me because obviously, you know, you're going to get a wide range of different pricing, but it's always advisable to be aware of those that are suspiciously cheap. That's a good way of saying that, you know, don't expect this job to be 
cheap and I'm not going to be cheap, so get five quotes. And if you think they're the best, go and do it. And when you bug it up, then come and come back to me and I'm going to charge you the higher price and you're going to have to pay through the nose for it. Um, I get that. I get the psychology of, of you know, those. Are the, but it, it, at the same time, it's important to make that decision yourself and not be driven by someone else to do it. So, yes, three, four, five, you can. But the problem with quotes, Paul, is just the same. They don't want to give you the quotes. They don't want to come out and give you the quote. It costs them time to do that. So their view is, we'll come out and give you a quote. There was a time when a builder would give you a quote and come around and do it. Now they say to you, I'll come out and give you a quote, but you've got to pay me £150 on account. And if I get the job, I'll take it off the job. And if I don't, I've come over and wasted my time to talk to you about a leaky roof, which I'm probably not going to get. So people then say, oh, well, I won't go out for five or six quotes because if you've done five or six quotes and spent £100 a pop, you spent 500 quid just getting a quote. Well, it's probably half, half the money of the job in the first place. So it's a really, really difficult. Uh, it's like plumbers and, you know, they will now say, well, we'll, you know, we'll come out and call out charge £75. Whether we come up there, look at it, and some of them literally will just come there and look at it and go, Nah, it doesn't need that, man, it's 75 quid. And you think, hang on a minute, I could have told you that. But that's the nature of the beast. So um, it is, it is, it is a, uh, an industry that will continue to have um, such faults. So whether you choose the cowboys or find the Indians, I'm sure it's pretty much the same. It's a couple of things here. I mean, they seem to hold all the ace cards, don't they? Because obviously they need, you need them to do the job for, for you. And uh, they're the ones with the skills. Um, but, but getting people to put things in writing, making sure that there is actually a firm agreed piece of writing between you, uh, write up a contract and also check the trade association credentials because a lot of them do say that they're in a trade association when in fact they're not. And potentially, I'm reliably informed here, that that could actually be a criminal offence to, to impersonate the fact that you're in a body when you're not in a body. Um, and also, of course, if they're asking for too much money up front, then that really does set the alarm bells going. They're not willing to give you references, people to talk to who've had the work done. And of course, as you mentioned earlier on, they're available this coming Monday, which always is a bit of a clue. It's like any trade. It's not just, just the building trade. Any trade that we, we look to, any service that we, we get involved in, and I'm sure there's... Um, same things about our business and agencies, um, you know, in a state agency and all sorts of stuff you'll get. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is there. You can't take it away. There is always going to be someone that does that. So what you've got to do is just, you know, do your own due diligence, get yourself comfortable, and, and hopefully you've made the right decision um, in order to do that. But uh, it's, it's, it is um, a very, very personal level, especially with builders. Um, because it's your home, you know, you've got this, this whole dream, this whole, uh, you know, imagination going in your mind about what your bathroom, your kitchen, etc., is going to look like. And, and then that is shattered by half a job. Um, and then they don't come and finish it. And then all of a sudden the whole thing becomes, you know, and, and it actually creates a knock on effect Paul. I mean, I've seen where people have fallen out, you know, in, in their household because one said that guy wasn't right and the other said it was and, and they didn't finish the job. And the next thing I know is we've been called because it's, it's created a separation. It's created a problem 
to that is built on so much based on somebody picking the wrong person so it's it's quite quite deep really um and i think everybody should um, take heed and you know go with as you say four or five quotes where they can get it or at least four or five views and nowadays you can actually get views if you want online you can take pictures if doctors can actually repair you by asking you to take a picture of your tooth that's broken or something like that during the pandemic and they can tell you what medication they're going to do i'm sure a builder can actually tell you what it's going to cost them to put a kitchen or a size or whatever in there so i think you know there are lots lots more ways of dealing with this and um it's just our my advice our advice would be simply you know take caution and make sure that you do all your checks as much as you can one other comp uh, story that we haven't really focused on a great deal since we've been running our uh, Property Matters show, and that is um, house insurance, or in particular in this instance, landlord insurance. Um, and I just thought it'd be rather fun as we're heading towards our 100th show just to, to have a couple of the stories that, because there's, 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 there's what, what's the phrase they say? It is um, sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. And there's never been more true than in landlord insurance. So a couple of interesting ones here. The baffling case of the bath and the battering ram. Uh, it was the middle of the night when a couple were startled by the sounds of the next door neighbour crying out for help. Fearing for her life, unable to gain access to the property, they called the police who took the decision to break the door in with a battering ram um, and uh, went up to see the tenant stuck in the bath. Uh, they were unable to free her without causing her further distress. Quite how she got into that situation, I'll never know. The fire brigade had to be called in order to get her out of the tub. Luckily, she suffered no serious injuries. And the claim for the landlord for the new front door, £1,200. There was also the case in Surrey where we had a World War II unexploded bomb which was going to have a controlled explosion. Uh, despite all the processes and the professionalism of the company doing the controlled explosion, needless to say, it went everywhere across uh, another landlord's property. A severe cracking of the brickwork along the windows and the doors and completely blown out. It was a, a shock for the tenants living inside. No one was hurt in the explosion, thankfully, but the damage was so bad the tenants had to move out. Total claim 204,000, Joe, for the repair and damage to the property. Yeah, I mean, they've had to originally rebuild the whole whole property. You, that, that's probably what's happened there. But um, the interesting thing about insurance, especially where you are living in, in a block or in a terrace, because um, you've got adjoining properties. The point here is the adjoining properties. It's not just about your properties. So, <clears throat> so if you've got a detached house, obviously, you know, there's nobody there. But if you've got a a semi-detached or a block, you're a masonette or a block of flats or, or a row of terraces. It's not just about, it's a bit like third party fire and theft and fully comprehensive. And, and it's also about the same thing about your own, your own insurance. Because if you are in a terrace or in a block of flats and for some reason, um, not unbeknown to you, the claim isn't on you, but the neighbor decides that they something happened because of some actions on your part, yeah, they, they need to know whether they can claim it on their own insurance or can they claim it on your insurance. And so many people actually perhaps don't um, have the appropriate insurance or have no insurance, especially in, in blocks of flats. And that's why in blocks of flats, uh, though people can do it individually, it's often the landlord, the, the freeholder, it's up to him to actually arrange for a group policy 
so that it's kind of fair for all. It's always like, who owns the roof? I've got six flats below me, but actually none of us own the roof. Well, actually the landlord is supposed to own the roof and, and the actual freehold, but the landlord probably never bothers to cover that. And then all of a sudden there's a gust of wind and the roof gets blown off, everybody below gets damaged and he turns around and says, oh yeah, well, I'm not insured. So you all got to claim on your own insurance and each insurance company will turn around and say, well, we insure your flat, but we don't insure the building. And, you know, never the twain shall meet. It's always going to be someone else's fault. And it's the same with terraces and so forth. So not only is it important to have your own, but it's also perhaps some somehow important to learn, even if it's in a dialogue, to make sure that your neighbouring properties are insured or if there's a way to insure, you know, damage if it happens to a third party or via a third party in your own insurance to make sure that you cover. Because the last thing you want to do is have a problem and then the insurance company, because insurance company are notorious at taking your money, but they hate giving it back to you. Um, and um, so they'll do everything and anything to try and get out of it. And if it means there's that one tiny little clause that you didn't read that said, if the guy next door didn't have spark plugs or something in his house, I don't know, uh, he, you know, your, your bit's not going to be covered and that's it, it's blown, you know. So um, it is important to make sure that you get um, the best the service. But I think the best advice is to make sure that your own insurance covers somebody else, even though it might cost you another five quid a month extra, but it just gives you that security of knowing that if something next door happened, like a bomb blast or a, a boiler gas explosion or something like that and it damages your property that at least you know that you're covered and that's the main thing um, out of that. Yes, talking of blocks of flats, uh, one other little story here in the summer of 2021, a tenant was washing items in the bath um, in North London and as she was doing so she was distracted by exciting events on the Euros happening in the football on the television so she rushed downstairs to watch the game and unfortunately didn't turn the tap off and she didn't go back for two hours. So the water went through <laughs> into the flat below, causing £10,870 worth of damage uh, for the landlord. Um, <laughs> so it just goes to prove that it's not necessarily things that you do, it's the things that others and even your tenants will do, as in that instance there. So uh, probably word to the wise. And as it says, real life is stranger than fiction. And one insurer said, believe me, we've seen it all. Trust us. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little bit of words of the wise. Make sure your insurance is up to date and read the small print, I think, probably as well. Let's take a look at our final story. Um, uh, and it's one that we have come to um, previously, but there is some latest data on this because there's no doubt about it that, that buyers and renters are, um, are, are, are choosing to put these eco features at the top of their buying list or their rental list when they're looking to rent a property. Um, as the cost, and, cost of living, of course, starts to bite, everyone's looking to see how they can pay less and less for their energy. And there's some interesting information here uh, from all the hundreds of calls that have been uh, um, uh, given to or, or, or made to Moneypenny, which is a website that deals with um, um, things like that. And they've had, they've had hundreds of calls analysed and the data revealed that there was a 42% year increase uh, in eco-property features being mentioned in the calls handled um, from 2019 to 2020. And looking deeper into the data, deeper into the data, the things that people are really starting to ask about are solar panels, 
energy performance certificates, the EPCs that we've mentioned quite a lot, and insulation in particular. That's the one that's really been growing in recent years is insulation. And of course, that, that makes every sense with uh, the current situation where bills expected to rise over £4,000, Joe. Absolutely. And, um, and, and every right to ask these things. We have covered the EPC solar panels and so forth before. There's no harm in covering it again. Um, because at the end of the day, it is current. It is what people want. So, you know, people are buying and renting, checking the EPC to make sure that it is at least C for a number of reasons. Um, their insurance becomes cheaper, uh, the subject we just covered earlier on. Um, and just generally, uh, prices of the utilities tend to uh, be a little bit cheaper as well because they're saving some some energy, some unnecessary warmth leaving their loft space etc so i think there's there's a lot of people now conscious about uh, such things as um, epcs and also um, what kind of insulation um, the properties has in property there's no question in my mind that i think all of those things are quite relevant and quite important to take on board um, and um, and yes, you, you know, on your graph, your, your, your sorry, your, your presentation for you're showing, you know, charges and cars there, and and to a large extent, um, that is probably um, lesser important. Though it is important because if you're going to have an electric car, you must have a charger at home. But the, there are charges now appearing all over the country. Some in near nearby lampposts where you might live, um, where they've actually started to use uh, street lighting. As, as the point of um, connection for where people can charge. So literally every street lamp or street light in the street could actually end up having a charging point um, and you could actually plug your car in there. What's interesting is they probably start plugging the Hoover as well there because it could put an extension and you know do the, do the inside at the same time. Mow the um, lawn as well. Mow the lawn. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, because uh, EV charging um, inquiries have gone up 64% last year, up 111% uh, 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 this year, this uh, the previous year. So what, what they're actually saying here, interestingly, is that in 2020-21, the amount of calls that were being made about these money-saving EPC-type features, eco-friendly features, the amount of money, that, the amount of calls that were made dramatically increased between 2020 and 2021. But then when people found out just how expensive they were and that they weren't going to have the budget to pay for those or to buy a property with those already included because the premium had gone on the price, they noticed that the call data this year in 2022 has fallen back. So during the pandemic, everyone was looking for these green features, but now they realise at the moment they're still pretty cutting edge and actually that, 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 that it's not within their budget to have all these must-haves or wish list items that the number of calls has fallen back this last year. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that, to be honest with you. I think uh, during the pandemic, we were all at home, um, you know, contemplating life, thinking how things could be different and things like solar panels and, you know, eco-friendliness, etc., were probably on the top of the agenda, um, learning how to save, maybe do things to your home while you're at home. And so calls for that sort of thing were quite high. Um, it's not until, as you say, reality kicks in, somebody comes in and actually gives you a quotation for the cost of putting up a, a solar panel and when you look at the returns, 
that you might get, you might actually pay for it in 10 years time. You, know, you ask yourself, you've got to go through a, a lot of pain to be able to turn around and say, well, I'll, I'll put this on, pay for it, and then I'll spend the next 10 years hoping that I get my, get my money back. It's not very enticing. It's not an exciting eventuality, though some people do take it on and, and they may do deals and they might be grants and government grants or local council grants that might actually encourage them. They might be a pensioner who might get those grants, but the average person is probably not gonna, not gonna be successful in those grants and have actually got to fund that money from their own pocket and then realize that they're probably not gonna make as much back as it sounds, it's good on paper, but not in reality. Um, so that's kind of gone off the Richter scale. Um, and it's the same with, with cars to a large extent. The conversations I've had with people recently about cars is, is not dissimilar. The idea was really good, but now more and more people are beginning to sort of think, well, <clears throat> you know, to replace a battery in a car in a given period is, is, is a small fortune. I mean, in, in certain brands, they can be around £8,000 or so to, uh, to replace. I mean, you could go and buy a half-decent, you know, car, use it for three or four years and probably afford to throw it away at that sort of level. Um, and, um, and, and so what's the real benefit, the gain, other than to be current and trendy that you've got the latest car which does electric things? Um, and considering the amount of uh, cost that has gone up in utility costs, I'm wondering if electric cars are actually any, any particular cheaper than they would have been because now all of a sudden you're charging at you know quite a high kilowatt per second or hour or whatever they charge in comparison to what you might have charged so you've got to think very carefully and sometimes the advertising gimmicks of these things are are better than the actual reality because um, they look good and they sound good and they sound trendy and current but when it comes to the pound shillings and pence at the end of the day you might find that you might be better off where you are this is not green, by the way, coming from me, because, you know, you'll be thinking, well, you should be saying everything green, but I'm just being realistic about this, that, you know, it's not going to be always green. We Nobody's always going to turn around. And a lot of people are not going to be able to afford some of these um, uh, gadgets that we'd like to have in order to, you know, be in the credential of green. It's just not going to happen. And I think that's come across in the data that they're reporting from Moneypenny. But what's interesting about this is it's probably going to form a wish list, if you like, for builders who are going to want to sell new builds, for example, with premium um, positioning on them, if you want to call it that. So this will be a wish list of things, solar panels, car charger, good insulation, good EPC. I mean, those last two are probably already in the builder's focus but these other things suggest a bit of a wish list that uh, that buyers are, are are putting on there with as a kind of if i can afford it i'd love them yeah and that, that as i said it is a wish list um and yes if we can afford it but it's not just the affordability of the installation or having it it's the actual affordability of continuing to use it and it's actually not as exciting as you think it's going to be that's the scary part and you know so when i say i i, I speak to I, yeah, it's, it's it's my job to be inquisitive um and i ask the people you know is, is that better for you does it work well and it's surprising how many of them have actually come back and said it was a good idea joe but actually in reality i'd probably go back to xyz next time i'm not going to have and a recent conversation was i bought an electric car um but i'm not going to have an electric car again 
I may consider a hybrid, but really it's probably just as better for me to go back to my diesel because this person was about time. It wasn't so much about money. It's the 40 minutes it takes every time they need to go and charge their car up. Now you work that out on an hourly rate for some professional bods who are going to charge the customer that 40 minutes for standing there having a coffee whilst their car's being charged and you're paying for that and, and they're paying for the car. So it's not all as exciting as it looks um, in the marketing. Okay, well, that brings us to a close for another Property Matters. Thank you, Joe, for the wisdom as always and your views. And thank you for watching Property Matters. Join us next week for our 100th show. <music> <laughs>